Hey everyone, it's Pastor Justin. I'm so glad that you've tuned in to our 242 podcast. We're going to be starting a series that I hope is practical and applicable to everyday life. We're going to be talking about prayer. Our series is entitled Conversations with Jesus. And I really want to talk about how our prayer life can be in-depth and fresh on a daily basis. You know, when someone says the word prayer, I think as a believer and maybe even as an unbeliever, the first thing that that comes into your mind is the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. Uh, It's the iconic prayer of Jesus, and it's become so recited that it's almost gotten to the place where it could be considered routine. Jesus was praying this prayer as a response to the question of the disciples, Lord, can you teach us to pray? They asked him to teach them how to pray. Not what to pray, but how. And so Jesus didn't just pray these words to be repeated or to be recited, but he he prayed these words to show a pattern of prayer in our lives. This prayer teaches us about God. It teaches us about prayer, what prayer is. It teaches us about our own need. And so I want to turn our our Bibles, if you have them with you, to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. We're going to be kind of in this passage for a while and really go through and dissect uh, just what Jesus was trying to communicate in this pattern of prayer. So in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 9, it says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I want to begin by diving into the idea of of just this first phrase, Our Father in Heaven. You know, the statement, Our Father, it shows the basis of what God wants our relationship to be with Him. You see, we were separated from God. There was nothing that we could do. There was no action, no thought, no word that we could speak that could get us back into connection with God. But Christ reestablished the relationship between God and man. This is an intimate saying for Jesus to go as far as to say, Our Father. He doesn't say, My Father in Heaven, but He includes us, that we can approach God as our Father. Paul talks about the same thing in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16. It says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. I was studying abroad uh, during the summer back in 2012. And uh, I was in Israel. And one of the most powerful experiences that I went through, it was actually not visiting anything like the Sea of Galilee or, or Jerusalem, but it was, it was at a small, 
strip of stores, almost the equivalent of like a food court in a mall, but it was outdoors. And I remember I I was eating uh, probably falafel or something like that, and as I was sitting there, I saw a little girl and her father. She was eating ice cream, uh, and she was going to town. She was really enjoying uh, her, her cup of ice cream. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell what they were saying. I could just kind of see what was going on. She was coming to the end of her ice cream, and, and I could tell she was asking, you know, her, her dad for more. So her dad kind of gave her the, wait right here, I'll be right back. Uh, and he kind of went to go fill up, you know, get another ice cream. And so I see this girl, as she's continuing to, to eat her ice cream. She comes to the end of the ice, the ice cream, and she's looking around now for her dad. She's kind of scanning the entire place looking around she can't find him and and you see like fear start to just creep uh into her eyes and and she starts crying out abba abba screaming it screaming out loud she's crying now just screaming out abba and then the her dad just comes in and he has another cup of ice cream and he settles her down and i thought to myself what a powerful illustration to me, I remember just sitting there and tears in my eyes. I finally understood what it meant for God to say, He is my Father. And I finally was able to visualize that relationship in a way that I've never been able to visualize it before. You see, God doesn't desire to be distant from us. You see, the problem is we establish things in our lives that separate us from Him or take time away from him. If you haven't had a father who is close to you, you need to realize that you've got a father in heaven who desires closeness with you, who desires to see you in relationship with him. And that's the craziest thing, that God desires relationship with us. See, the truth is, he he doesn't need us. God doesn't need us at all. Paul in Thessalonica, he was talking with the people in Acts 17, verse 24 and 25. He says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. See, the truth is God doesn't need us. But there's another truth. God wants us. 1 John 4.10 says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, God doesn't need us at all. There is nothing that we can offer God that He does not already have. There is nothing that we can bring to the table, but when you understand that God truly wants us, It's not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son. That God was the one who initiated relationship with us. Our Father. When understanding that very statement, what we've just talked about, how much more so does that impact our walk How much more does that impact our prayer life when we recognize that this is the basis, the foundation of our relationship with the God in whom we are praying to? 
the statement in heaven really emphasizes the grandeur of God. I mean, do we really know who we're talking to? Jesus states that, that our Father reigns in heaven. That word heaven can refer to many different things in Scripture. It can refer to the universe or, or the world, the aerial heavens and sky, the regions where the clouds and tempests gather and where the thunder and lightning are produced, the sidereal or starry heavens, the region above the sidereal heavens, the seat of order of things eternal, consummately perfect, where God dwells, and other heavenly beings as well. Think about the, the broad scope of that definition, the grandeur and, and just the hugeness that that definition gives. And you really begin to understand how big the God we serve is. You see, when we get our, our eyes focused on our situations, when we're praying for things in our lives, and we get focused about how big and how hard our situations are, and we get our eyes off of how big and how great the God that we serve is, then we begin to see powerless prayers because our prayers aren't looking to a God and having faith in a God who is greater than it all. When we pray before God, we need to recognize who it is we are talking to. The God in which we serve. The God who makes the impossible possible. That's who our prayers are being prayed to. So what does this have to do with prayer? In regards to our Father, we could never approach God if He didn't love us enough to send Christ. Do we truly understand that God desires relationship with us? If I told you that your favorite actress left you a letter that said that they wanted to connect and get to know you and establish a solid friendship, would you make an effort? Of course you would. If Brad Pitt sent me a letter saying, hey, Justin, I want to connect with you. I want to be best friends with you. I said, heck yeah, Brad Pitt. Here's my number. Call me anytime. Let's do lunch. I text him all the time. I'd annoy the crap out of Brad Pitt. Why? Because we hold celebrities, we hold people of importance on, on some sort of higher level than other people. And my question is, why wouldn't we make an even greater effort with the creator of the universe? God has sent his word, a love letter to us all explaining how much he desires relationship with us, how, how much he desires to be connected with us. And are we really taking that letter, that love letter from God, and, and is it affecting our lives? When we pray, are we talking to God knowing his love for us? In regards to God reigning in heaven, how does that affect our prayer life? We're talking about the creator of the universe. When we recognize how big our God is, no request is impossible for him to answer. Jesus prayed these two statements, our Father and in heaven, to show us that we can have a unique personal relationship with God. And the most powerful being in all the universe wants to have a relationship with us. That also brings us now to hallowed be your name. When we pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, do we really know what we're saying when we say, you know, the word hallowed? 
We could say it all the time as we're repeating this prayer, but do we truly understand what it means? That word hallowed means to acknowledge something as holy or to sanctify or to make something holy. What is Jesus trying to tell us about prayer here? First, that we need to acknowledge the holiness of God. When we pray, we pray to a holy God. The Hebrew people wouldn't dare speak his name. The high priest would only enter his presence once a year with a rope tied around his waist just in case he dropped dead in the presence of Almighty God. They would be able to drag him out. Of the presence. Moses' face literally radiated light when experiencing the presence of God. And I'm telling you right now that God is not your homeboy. And the things of God are not to be approached half-heartedly or complacently. We pray to a God who is holy. And that's something that we have to remember. The second thing that I think Jesus is trying to teach us is that we need to sanctify the name of God. That we can make God's name holy. What does that mean? The New Living Translation says, May your name be kept holy. This suggests that we need to pray for our lives to declare the holiness of God. And then we need to do it. When people see us, they project our actions, good or bad, on God. If we're arrogant, if we're prideful, if we're impatient, if we lack self-control, then the God we serve must be that way too, right? That's what people think when they look at our lives. Well, if they're acting that way and they're claiming to be Christians, quote-unquote, then the God they serve must be the same way. If you're a Christian and you live that way, then why would I want your God? Hollowed or sanctified means separation. See, if our lives don't show a separation from everything else that's in this world, then there is something wrong. So you may be asking, what does how I live and what I pray have to do with each other? You know, 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. James 4.4 says, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mark Batterson, I uh, saw a tweet from him the other day. He said, you know, you can't love both God and the world. The more you love one, the less you love the other. And we have to recognize now that people who pray powerful prayers recognize the incredibly holy God that those prayers are being offered to. And they live their lives to show people that the God they serve is holy. We're going to continue this series and we're going to be talking about how we redefine the Our Father in our own lives and how we can make it applicable for us. So next time we'll be talking about how we can pray the kingdom of God to come and for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll talk to you guys later.